If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Calgary Flames fans, it's time for Flames Unfiltered. Entertaining and controversial hockey talk with your host, Brad Burry. Players only meeting? A trade request? Close games? This year's been a roller coaster. Good evening. Welcome to Flames Unfiltered, episode number 87. It is January 3rd, 2020. I am the host of the show. Brad Brood, good to have you with us to talk a little bit of Flames hockey. This week's been a roller coaster. Man, whew, we're good, we're bad, oof, back and forth. Kind of feel like Vancouver, huh? <laughs> oh, it's fun to watch them struggle a little bit. Oof, they are they are going crazy in Vancouver, and uh, hopefully we can pull it together in Calgary so we don't have a, a little episode of us going crazy because, uh, yeah, it's no fun when uh, things aren't going good. But, boy, this year we'll have a game where it's like, man, I, I feel good about this team and I feel everything's going good. And then the next game it's like, man, what what's going on? But this season's been stressful so far. I, I We're nine games in. I love this North Division. Um, I think it's great. Um, I love the baseball style schedule, but I tell you what, it's been, it's like every game feels so critical and every game just feels so intense. And um, yeah, it just, it's been, it's been a stressful, fun start to the season. And um, I'm not extremely happy with our record, but I mean, it's not the end of the world at this point. And uh, I think we've uh, definitely learned every game that, uh, the points are going to be difficult. The games are going to be close. And this whole season, all 56 games is going to be a grind. Uh, should be fun to watch, though. So, I was wrong with Montreal. This team's good. It's a good hockey team. Now, we gave them their first regulation loss. Um, although it was, you know, a, a, a difficult series with Montreal. But th- this hockey team's good. And watching them destroy Vancouver every night has been fun you know i i hate to pick on vancouver but i got a lot of vancouver friends and um i don't know just watching to do what he's done against them it's it's been a lot of fun to watch but let's talk flames hockey that's why we're here and uh, that's what we do on this episode we'll recap four games two in montreal two in winnipeg and then we will dive deep into the sam bennett trade request i have a maybe not so popular opinion on this one. We'll see what you think. And then uh, one of our regular guests will join the show, Nate Thomas from the Hockey Podcast Network. He'll join us to talk about the Flames start to the season. Then we'll jump into some Flames news, news from the North, the Facebook poll on what has been the most positive aspect of the Flames thus far this season. We'll wrap with a preview of Thursday night's matchup in Winnipeg and the busy weekend that lies ahead as Edmonton comes to town for a game Saturday night, Battle of Alberta, and then Tuesday, Winnipeg comes to town for the debut of Pierre-Luc Dubois. 
It's time for Flames Unfiltered. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. All right, Flames fans. Let's recap some games. As boy, we do this show once a week. We get a lot of games with this condensed schedule, and uh, we'll roll through them very quickly. And I'll give you just my two cents on each of the games. And uh, the first one, last Thursday, January twenty eighth, a four to two loss in Montreal, and what was really kind of uh, the beginning of a wild week in Calgary. Riddick gets the start, got hung out to dry. I didn't think Riddick played. All that bad, except for the uh, bad goal in the shorthanded breakaway where he missed the poke check. Didn't think that was good, but uh, the root of the game was that we spotted Montreal a 2 nothing lead right away in the start of the period, and it was a horrible slow start. Uh, the line shuffling galore during the game, um, which frustrates me. I did think Johnny Gaudreau was good out there, and on the bat side, Valimaki had just a real... Real rough night for the young rookie, and I hate seeing that because um, although he's had his moments of uh, of troublesome things, I think as a whole, Valimaki's been you know pretty darn good this year and uh, um, what we've expected. And I know my expectations were super, super high on him, um, and he uh, hasn't met them yet. But you know what? Come on. He's a rookie, and, and he's got to work into this a little bit. Flame scored two goals to make it look way better than it was. It should have been four to nothing. Um, poor performance, and then this led to a players-only meeting on Friday, which, in my opinion, is sad. That after what we've learned the last couple of years, that we're dealing with a players-only meeting five games into this season. When I thought we put that in the rearview mirror last year, when we brought in a bunch of new players and you know it just goes back you know we didn't change the core maybe we needed to change the core and we wouldn't be having players only meetings five weeks in i don't know lots of different ways to look at that saturday night calgary's in montreal again for the rematch and things weren't much different this night uh, markstrom was in net for calgary allen in net for the for the habs and dubé was back in the lineup after his injury as simone gets scratched the game starts off, Flames get up one to nothing after one, and Valimaki is having a much better game. He blocks a big shot uh, in the arm and uh, on the penalty kill, and uh, I thought Valimaki was really, really good all night. Uh, paid attention to detail, and uh, and was much better. Dubé has the big hit on Kakinemi. Everybody's talking about this. Is he going to get supplemental dis- discipline? Did he target the head? Uh, Habs fans were kind of losing their mind over this one. The league said no. Um, I didn't think it deserved supplemental discipline. I think it probably deserved a two-minute, I don't call it an elbowing or a high-sticking maybe. I don't know because his fist kind of went up into the head of Kakanyemi, and uh, 
I thought it was a big point in the game, and I thought it was a good play by Dylan Dubé. And um, all in all, I, I was I was happy that the league didn't suspend him, but probably wouldn't have been pissed off either if he'd have gotten one game. Flames snap a three-game losing streak, an important win, especially after the players-only meeting. And our savior there, 37-shot shutout, second of the year, Jacob Markstrom. This guy makes these saves in the critical moments. He is everything we could have asked for, and uh, hopefully that continues. The road trip does continue, and the Flames land in Winnipeg for a Monday night battle, which ends up being a 4-3 to shootout win for the Flames. Markstrom in net, Hellebuck in net for the Jets. The Flames take two penalties right away to start the first period and spot the Jets two goals on the power play as Kyle Connor, the most underrated player in the National Hockey League, nets both of them on what were two mirror image power play goals. Just one-timers into the net, you know, just crazy. Sam Bennett, after his trade request, is in the lineup, and I thought Sam Bennett had his best game of the year. Funny how that one works. Tanev gets his first goal as a flame. It comes from the far blue line to start the second period. And really, really, it's crazy, but a goal like that changed everything in this game. The Flames are down two to nothing after one, and just I believe it was seven or fourteen seconds into the first or into the second. He flips the puck down and it just knuckles past Hellebuck and it's two to one and and everything seems to change. Nordstrom had a good game, I thought. I, I feel like he's been building and building as this season's been going on, and I really liked his game the last couple of games. Dubé gets benched in the third period for a penalty that really I don't know, I'm not trying to defend him, but really wasn't a penalty. But anyways, he gets Sat down, the lines get shuffled up again and again, and God, that drives me crazy. But anyways, Valimaki sneaks a great pass through to Gaudreau. He ties it up 2-2. Two to two. Things are looking good for the Flames, and from there on out, the Flames completely dominated. Maji Apani scores a nice goal to get the Flames up 3-2. to two. A late goal by the Jets knots it at 3 and a beautiful tip. And then we go into an overtime, and an overtime that was flat-out amazing. It was flat out amazing. Fun to watch. End up going to a shootout. Gaudreau wins it on a, a smooth move. And the Flames uh, tackle two points from the Winnipeg Jets. Then the following night, last night, Tuesday night, Calgary in a back-to-back in Winnipeg again. Reddit gets the start. Broussois gets the start for Winnipeg, and he was very, very good. A Lucic, horrible turnover in the first period, leads to a Jets goal. Then just 30 seconds later, yeah, they score again. We spot them a 2 to nothing lead again. We cannot, cannot, cannot continue to do this and expect to get points in hockey games. Kachuk scores to make it 2-1 to one on a great pass from Dubé. Ehlers tips one in. It's back to a two-goal lead, 3-1. to one. The love affair for Lucic continues as uh, the line bend, blender is back and Lucic is out getting way more ice time than he deserves on lines he has no business playing on. I'm not trying to pick on Lucic, but guess what, Flames fans? I'm not the only one seeing this. A lot of fans and a lot of people in the hockey world are seeing this and wondering why, why, why is this guy getting this much ice time? Puzzling to me. Puzzling. Finally, he goes back to his normal lines in the final 10 minutes, and guess what? Yeah, Flames fans, we dominate. We take care of business and we dominate. Kachuk makes it 3-2 to two on a shot where Gaudreau hits the crossbar and Kachuk shovels in the rebound off of Broussois' back. And, uh, yeah, we almost tie it up. Gaudreau has a late chance 
and uh, we lose three to two in an effort that wasn't quite as good as Monday nights, but not, you know, completely horrendous, but you know, we need to be a little bit better. We need to be a little bit more consistent. We talk about this motivation and this consistency every single year with this team. We have players only means we have all this garbage. How in a national hockey league, can we continue to have to talk about, you know, work ethic and, and motivation? Like, I, I don't understand that. To me, that's a core problem and a core problem that should have been taken care of last summer. All right, Flames fans, time to talk about the biggest news of the week for Calgary. And it happened as all of us were sitting on our couch Saturday night, watching Hockey Night in Canada, listening to Elliot Friedman, who I absolutely love listening to. And he spouts off that Sam Bennett, well, let me read it to you. Here's exactly what Elliot Friedman said. There was a rumor going around this morning that Bennett might want a change of scenery. And I did call his agent, Darren Ferris, who said, yes, that's true. He would like to be considered. He would like it to be considered. The Flames are in radio silence about this. No comment from them. One thing I gleaned from the just calling around is that they're not in any hurry to make a move. They like their depth down the middle. They're not racing to make a move. But according to the agent for Sam Bennett, he would like a change of scenery. Everybody in Calgary was just like, whoa. Now, Bennett's on the second year of a two-year deal, a $5.1 million contract, which is a 2.55 cap hit per season. Bennett is scheduled to be a restricted free agent at the end of this season. The Flames said that they had no idea of this and were not aware of this. Coach Jeff Ward went on to say that his coaching staff gave Sam Bennett the choice of where he wanted to play this year, whether it was center or wing. Ward said Bennett chose center initially. A few games in, he requested to be back on the wing. So, what do the Flames do now? I don't think Trillivan wants to trade him. It's Trillivan's first ever draft pick. He's invested a ton in him. Bennett is the best player on the team when it comes to the playoffs. And I don't feel like the return we would get outweighs what Bennett brings us in the playoffs. Now, one thing I call into question, my buddy who's on the show a lot, Audie James, tweeted this. He said, Sam Bennett and Victor Mete both use Darren Ferris as an agent. Both players, per Ferris, have requested a trade. Both teams have reported that the players have not done so. Much like their Marner situation, another Ferris client, the issue seems to be common. So what does that tell you? Does that tell you that the agent is bringing this out to the media, but it's really not communicating with the general managers? Is this a professional way to handle this? I don't think so. But you know what, Flames fans? Here's where things get a little bit crazy. I'm probably not going to... This probably won't be the most popular take on this whole situation. But I tweeted it the Saturday night previous. 
to this. I tweeted that if Sam Bennett tells the Flames to F off and wants to be moved, I wouldn't be surprised and I wouldn't blame him. <laughs> Less than a week later, guess what? Sam Bennett requests a trade. So why would I tweet that? Well, has Sam Bennett ever been allowed to play on a consistent line for more than three games with the exception of last year's playoff run, which amazingly was the best Sam Bennett's ever played. Have we given him the chance? Have we truly given Sam Bennett the tools to succeed? Or did we just keep plugging him in on the third and fourth line and go wonder why Sam Bennett's not scoring? Why is Sam Bennett not scoring? Seriously, think about that. Have we ever given him an opportunity to on the power play? Yeah, here and there we have. Has it ever been the first unit? No. Has he ever really deserved to be on the first unit? Probably not. I will admit that. But we've never given him a fair chance at center. And if last year's playoffs didn't prove that, then I don't know what will. We played him game one this year at center, and then obviously he moved, which I don't know, maybe that was his choice. Maybe. But why hasn't he had the opportunity to play wing with Monaghan and Gaudreau over the years? He has seen it for short stints. He saw it Saturday night for a short stint. But short stints on a line don't develop consistent quality play. It, it doesn't work. He shouldn't get preferential treatment because he was a number one pick. He shouldn't. I don't by any means think he has, though. And yeah, he has a tendency to take poor penalties in the offensive zone. We've all complained about that. And no, we don't often get the playoff Sam Bennett like we do in the regular season. Or like we do, we don't get the postseason Sam Bennett in the regular season very often. Although, I will say that in 9 out of 10 games, Sam Bennett's one of the hardest workers out there and one of our most physical players and one of our biggest forces on the wing, which is a good thing. We're not paying him exorbitant amounts of money. I just feel that when Sam Bennett watches Milan Lucic move above him in the depth charts and maybe an Andrew Majapani move up above him on the depth charts and I'm not knocking Majapani, but Majapani has been given twice the opportunity on the top six that Bennett has ever. And tell me Bennett doesn't work hard. This isn't a work ethic thing because Bennett's one of the hardest workers on this team. Same with Majapani. But how come Majapani gets long-term trials up in the top six, but Bennett doesn't. I don't think it's right. I don't think we did Bennett right. I think this organization said, oh, he's our highest draft pick. We're going to bring him in, and this guy's just going to do it, and we don't have to do a damn thing to help him. And guess what we got? A guy that didn't do it. Because not very many people in this game do it without opportunity. 
No, I'm not saying Sam Bennett's lived up to his first round. For God's sakes, he hasn't even come close. And I'm not saying even if he was given the opportunity in the top six on a consistent basis that he would. I'm just saying that if you're not going to give him the chance, then you might as well move him. And if how, how can you be surprised that Sam Bennett's asked for this move? My God, this should be easy to see that he would be not happy with the situation. I don't think we did Sam Bennett right. And if I had my wish, I hope that we can figure it out this year, put him on a consistent basis with some good players and see what the real Sam Bennett can be. Now, if he doesn't produce, then that's fine. And then he moves on. But this better be a damn wake-up call to give him an opportunity, one last chance to see if the Sam Bennett we want is really there and really available. Because I think Sam Bennett will be a big help to this team given the right opportunity. Now, will Sam Bennett get moved? I'll, I still predict no. I don't think he will. I think he's more important to this team for this year's playoff run. Hopefully we make the playoffs. Then the return we would get back for him. I hope we can figure out a way to have Sam Bennett elevate his game, but I also hope that this organization gives him the opportunity to elevate his game. If they choose not to, then I guess he deserves to go somewhere else, and I hope he does, for God's sakes, because he hasn't been given a fair shake in Calgary. Joining Flames Unfiltered now, he's become a regular. Nate Thomas from the Hockey Podcast Network. He does a quack report for the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. And, uh, yeah, I shouldn't call them Mighty Ducks anymore, should I? I don't really know. I mean, like, I guess they've been the Ducks since, what was that? Forever now? 2006. But, uh, I mean, the the Mighty branding is still around yeah, I guess in the I mean with these retro that, so. jerseys and all that stuff but yeah exactly he is a big flames fan and he has been on the show numerous times and there's to me there is just a ton of stuff to talk about after this week of flames action thanks for joining me Nate yeah no worries thanks for having me on again well let's start with the, the first question initial impressions 10 games in or nine games in excuse me it's looking good but there's just some things for whatever reason they just don't don't click. Um, you know, Geo like the first one that comes to mind is Giordano and Rasmus Anderson. Uh, not really sure what's been going on there. It seems like it's been improving over the last couple of games, but it's just not not been great. And I don't think anybody uh, really expected uh, what is it Hannafin and Tanev to really be I guess kind of become that top pairing this year. I don't know that that's um, a bad thing actually. Oh, yeah, it's definitely not a bad thing for sure. I mean, um, as long as we have somebody who's really stepping up to the plate. but I, I actually look at that as kind of a blessing because um, mm. Giordano is um, – I'm always going to be a fan of Giordano. But I've really noticed this year that, like, age is not on his side. His skating just doesn't look as fluid and fast. And I think, you know, we just lower his minutes a little bit and don't – depend on him so much and i think i think it'll benefit the team um but boy is tanov and hannafin all of a sudden become a, a huge blessing for us huh oh yeah exactly hannafin's looking like the guy that because everybody forgets 
uh, at this point, I think that Hannafin was the original piece, like the big piece, I guess, coming our way when we traded Dougie Hamilton back there. It wasn't Elias Lindholm. Um, yeah. So, you know, Hannafin's really become that guy, I think, that we uh, we initially traded for there. Um, and yeah, who would have thought that a pairing of him and Tanev would be uh, would be playing so well together? Um, but yeah, you're not wrong. It's definitely a, a blessing in disguise and that sort of thing. Because imagine if it wasn't going the way it was and our top yeah. line of Gio and Anderson just are playing great. It could be a lot worse and a lot more of a load on Jacob Markstrom there and David Riddick as well. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, the the defense is like that area kind of went down, but also up at the same time. It's kind of odd. Um, I'm really liking our offense, actually. You know, Kachuk's... Kachuk's just hitting a something of a slump right now. He but is. you know, we, we I don't think anybody's really worried about it necessarily as much as he's not putting up the points. People are gonna like shun me because I just said he's in a, we both said he's in a slump, but he had two goals last night. But yeah. he is he I, I, he's not playing at the caliber that he played even at the beginning of the season. Um mm. I just feel like sometimes I love Matthew Kachuk. I'm a huge Matthew Kachuk fan, but I feel like sometimes he quits moving his feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. And it's like, um, oh, you just got to move your feet. Just move your feet, move your feet. Cause he's not the most gifted skater on the team, which is fine. But he just sometimes like, I just feel it lately. He's just not been moving his feet as much as he was early on in the season. But that line with, uh, with Kachuk, Dubé, and uh, Lindholm has been pretty damn impressive in my mind. It's been great to watch. So, and it's, you know, it's been nice to kind of spread the wealth a little bit more in a way that, you know, isn't just, you know, we have two second lines, right? At this point, we have, you could argue, almost two first lines and then uh, a second line and a fourth line. So, the there's fourth really is definitely a fourth. The Sorry, third, say that one more time. I said our fourth is definitely a fourth in my mind lately. Yeah, for sure. Although they have, we've seen some uh, slight bright spots, um, a little bit as as we're as we're moving into the season. The North mm-hmm. Division, it has been oh, a complete gong show. Every night, it's I, I feel like I've forgotten about the rest of the NHL. Number one, but number two, it's like I'm like stressed every game already, and we're only nine games in, and I feel like it is a playoff race already. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's what's going to happen in a shortened season. Uh, on top of, you know, we're playing some of these teams. Like at this point, uh, we've played Winnipeg four of our nine times. We're going to be playing them the fifth tomorrow night. I guess we're recording on Wednesday night. Um, but yeah, like it's it's some of that's going by fast. And But at the same time, we haven't even played Ottawa yet. I can't wait. Or Edmonton. Edmonton's going to be on Saturday. Get them Saturday and oh boy. I've already getting a little fired up for that one. So, you know, we had a real struggle last week and had a disastrous game late in the week against Montreal. And uh, the result was a, was a players only meeting that was just five games into the season. Do you think that calling a players only meeting that early in the season um, is something to be alarmed about? Not really. If anything, that's, uh, that's almost a benefit because those guys, they recognized it right away. Something is not right, and we need to fix this. Because same thing, they know it's a shortened season and that you know you go off the tracks just a little bit more even, and that's going to derail the entire thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I wasn't worried about that. If anything, I was glad they did. 
You know, I was too, but on the flip side of that, I was like, you know, really, we're dealing with this again? Like, how many years is it going to take where we have to hear the word motivation and work ethic? Like, I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. Like, I thought we addressed this last year and the year before, and now early on in this season, we're talking about, you know, passengers on the bus, and it's like, holy crap, like, really? Like, this is a problem again? Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, but I don't know. Sometimes you do just need that reminder. Certain players need that reminder for whatever reason. But uh, yeah, what was it that game? It was the it was the Toronto game? No, it was a Mon- um, Was it the Toronto or- game that caused that, or was it the first? No, it was the first Montreal game. Yeah, first Montreal game. But sorry, yep. I'm thinking back to the Toronto game. I guess with you know Kachuk getting riled up and yep. uh, and that sort of thing. And yeah, you know what? After the whole like that's not the worst thing in the world to have done. Yeah. It's a pest thing, but you know, it's, it's a pest thing back to, you could argue like a, a almost a pest. I'll, I'll just say a guy that gets under your skin. Um, but just the fact that like outside of Kachuk there for those first few games, as much as we made of one of few, I, that's the one thing with Kachuk is he's always going to be your heart and soul guy. Even if he wasn't uh, putting up points, like in the last few games there, he's always going to have that heart and soul that is going to be the reason that he's going to be one of the next captains or the captain uh, of the Calgary Flames, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I think so. But, you know, when he's the only one of the only guys doing it and there's, yeah, I guess passengers, right? You're not going to get anywhere doing that. So I think it, I think it was the right call, honestly. No, I'm, I, I, I was glad they did it, but I was pissed that it's already come to that again, if that makes any sense. Yeah. On the flip side though, at least it came that early and it's not, you know, say even after this last Winnipeg before we play Edmonton. Yeah. No, so I, we, got, I, we got the ball rolling a little bit here and, uh, you know, even that late win, I guess, against, uh, or loss, I guess, against, uh, Winnipeg there. We still have something going here at least, and uh, hopefully we can take one from Winnipeg on Thursday night there going into Edmonton. Let's talk a little bit about that game last night. And Where is your con- – level of 1 to 10, 10 being very high, where is your confidence level in David Riddick? Earlier on in the period, I'd say, I'd say maybe a 6 7, but it wasn't necessarily just on him. It was kind of the team in front of him also. No, I'm with you. Yeah, going in now, going into the second and third period, it was like in the last uh, few years there before All Star breaks, basically. Uh, so I'd say like in the nines, um, just you know, Jeff Ward did put him in a bad position uh, last year, I think, in the playoffs. One of the uh, worst coaching decisions yeah. I've ever seen. One I, of the worst. Was, I was straight up yelling at my TV. One, just that's a stupid decision. But two, I was also looking at it as like a former goalie or current goalie, that's not the time that you do it. When, you know, the game is tied, that's not when you swap your goalie. When it's only, like, it's, it, yeah, it's three goals. But, like, that's just not the time to do it. And then you leave him in there just to get absolutely roasted. And then you go back a little bit farther even. Things did kind of start to go downhill since the stick flip, for sure. But, you yeah. know, it was it was kind of, you had this, like, the slight roll down the hill, and then you had Ward throw him into that position, and it was a complete free fall for a little bit there. I and called then, it a career ender. 
because yeah, I then, still feel that he's rattled. I still yeah. watch him and I watch his mannerisms in the net. And when he had the, the third goal scored on him in the first night he played against Toronto, I believe, mm-hmm. he looked to the yeah, bench. I think so. He looked to the bench. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. My confidence, and I've always been a, I'm a pro David Riddick guy. Not pro that I want him to be our starter, but I'm, I'm a pro David Riddick guy. But like I, he's, he, his confidence level, I still feel, has been tarnished from what Jeff Ward did to him last year. A hundred percent. And again, as a goalie myself, I've, I had a season that, you know, my confidence wasn't quite there because of situations my coaching staff did put me in, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, this might even lead to a different discussion that, you know, I normally would say this is a little bit early to, uh, to talk about, but, um, you know, once we had a coaching change into somebody who did have a lot of confidence in myself, my game went up to another level uh the other conversation i'm talking about is you know do like it as much as we talk about it was it early too early for a players only meeting is it too early to do something about the coaching because oh. i don't think this is the guy that we should have gone into the season you with know, honestly there's gerard gallant out there just to start why not pay a couple extra bucks and i know the flames don't want to do that but pay the couple of extra bucks for a guy who knows what he's doing the coaching decisions this year have been embarrassing. They have been. How like why it's it's almost at the levels of Pierre Maguire and Sidney Crosby that Ward has with Milan Lucic and I don't understand it. Oh, he's got a love affair for him. Yeah. He but it Lucic had a turnover the other night that cost us a goal and the next shift he moved him up the line charts. Why? <laughs> the next shift he takes a penalty and he's right out there again. How would you feel if you are one of these guys that just signed and Lucic is moving up the depth chart on you and you're just like, this guy can't even freaking keep up. He looks like a, it's, it's unreal. It's unreal. And we got Levo and Lucic out on an offensive zone faceoff, a goal down to Winnipeg in the third period. What? Like not even just to Winnipeg, just against anybody though. He's constantly been out there in the last five minutes. Jeff Ward does not know how to shorten a bench for the life of him. That is where you are strictly rotating Kachuk, Lindholm, Dubé even, or Backlund, Johnny, Monty, and whoever else you want to throw in that is not named Milan Lucic. Throw in Sam Bennett in there even for all I care because he's been playing a lot better lately. And that was even, I'd say, even before the trade talk uh, came up. Listen, and look at this. Do you notice, or am I the only one that's crazy and notice this? I don't have a lot of faith in Monaghan and Gaudreau defensively. I don't. I've been, I've watched enough of it. Why does he always have Valamaki and Nesterov out there with freaking Monaghan and Gaudreau? Why do you put the young third-pairing group out there with your worst offensive that pairing should be out there with the backland like yeah uh, as much as you can now i can't you can't always have it be the same but you can't every time i look and i see Gaudreau out there freaking valamaki's out there like, why are we doing that to a young rookie yeah like, exactly it, the coaching one well, oh. even like back to the start of the season too like you're talking monahan Gaudreau defensively like at least the numbers are there that they've, they've been, been they've been better this year they've been better this it's year it's been it's been better but like 
those aren't guys. Those aren't the guys that you should be starting on defensive end faceoffs. And oh. he was doing that at the beginning of the re- at the beginning of the season. That's something you should know coming into the job, being that you know you're the assistant coach for however many years beforehand. It's just it seems to me like like so many basic things, like so many mm-hmm. basic things, and I I don't understand. I don't I I I don't understand. Um, I'm I am not a proponent of line shuffling. Now I think you can line tweak, but this mm. every freaking time we get down by a goal, it's the lines are in a blender and it's pure chaos. And I don't, I, I don't get it. I don't if get you it. Find something that works. You should be leaving it. And we have, how do we know it works? Work. How do we even know it works? Yeah. We get five minutes of it and then he changes it. I mean, everybody's like, well, that line didn't work to go together. What for like, a period they didn't work good together or like a 10 game span. Yeah. Like it blows my mind. Like I get it. There's different coaching styles in my opinion and his opinion, obviously differ on this, but like <laughs> I, did, I had to laugh so hard on sat. Or was it Monday night, Monday night sports net had a, in the sports at nine sixty or not nine sixty sports net television. In the second intermission, talked about how the Flames have finally got some lines that are working well together, and it'll be fun to watch them over the next few games. And I am not kidding you. A minute 30 into that period, I got freaking Lucic out there with Gaudreau and Monaghan, and I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. The fact that that guy is even out there in the first four minutes (laughs) of any period. Like, I think the earliest I clocked him at was a minute 30. Like, no, no. <laughs> oh, enough with that. Now let's talk about the next big major topic in Calgary. And that's the Sam Bennett situation. What is your take on this whole crazy topic? I guess it kind of goes back to a little bit before, but also some other things as well, that this team, for whatever reason, hasn't wanted to work for Bennett, I guess. Not to say that, you know, he's the only player and everything centers around him. But it's more, I, th- I think the guy, I was listening to the In the Dome pod and they had the like a great take on it. It's kind of like that student in school that, you know, not the normal way of teaching works for them, right? You do something to help them a little bit more and they shine, right? That's the type of thing that Calgary has never done uh, really for Sam Bennett, in my opinion. So yeah, I could understand why now, then you also have the two different sides of, you know, Elliot Freeman dropping that bomb the other night of uh, that, you know, his agent says that he's going to be, or he's requesting a trade or that sort of thing. And then uh, whatever Eric Francis said of no, Sam Bennett actually hasn't said anything. It's just come from the, uh, the agent. And apparently that wasn't even brought up to the flames yet. Uh, so that's another me. side. So that's definitely going to be interesting for sure. Um no, but, I, uh, I believe his I believe his agent is Darren Ferris, is it not? It is. Let me look. Um, yes, it is. Yeah, Darren Ferris. Yeah, we know he's a we know he's a shit disturber with GMs around the league. Yep. Not so his first. Goes to, not his know, first could, rodeo. Sorry. Not his first rodeo doing this. No, exactly. And it's at this point, it just kind of becomes a piss off. I don't even know how GMs can stand him at, at this point anymore. I doubt they do. <laughs> but it's just absolutely ridiculous. But at the same time, if you know it is true that 
know, like if Sam Bennett has actually talked to him and said that he wants to do this and it was just, you know, maybe it's all true. And it was just taken the direction of it was just taken the wrong way in asking. Um, I deep down believe I, it's true. And I believe this isn't the yeah. first time he's asked for a trade and I'm, I yeah. have no information to base that on, but you know what? It's funny about this Saturday night. I tweeted during the game. If Sam Bennett tells this team to F off and I want out, I will not be surprised and I will support him. Yeah, when Lucic is moving past him and war and Bennett's out there and no Bennett hasn't lived up to his expectations. He hasn't. And you know what? Sam Bennett irritates me a lot with his penalties and Sam Bennett irritates me that he can't give us playoff Sam Bennett just once in a while in the regular season. But you know what the exactly. fact of the matter is? Can you name one time span in Sam Bennett's career where he's been on a line consistently for more than three games in a row, except for last year's playoffs? I can't. No. And last and year's playoffs was the only time and he was successful. Exactly. And yes, like, so that added on to, you know, not willing to work with him individually for, because, you know, yeah, okay. He's not the player that we initially drafted. No, it's not. And he's, but he's become a different type of player that can still be beneficial. But if you're not going to work with that player to, you know, help you, that you're making him a hindrance and he knows he can, he knows he can do something, you, right? Otherwise he wouldn't be, otherwise he wouldn't be asking or talking to his agent about this, right? He knows he can do something. Even like Mark Jankowski last year, they did the exact same thing. It's right? Like, it's a it's a talented guy that you know was not given the right opportunities by both Trilliving and whoever was on the bench. He's gone to Pittsburgh now and he's looked all right. I mean, they put him on the fourth line, and then they wonder, well, why aren't we getting any production out of Sam Bennett? Oh, I don't know because he's yeah, in a fourth he's line checking role. <laughs> and they did. You're right. They did it with Jankowski. It's like. <laughs> You know, what would be wrong? I'm pro Bennett at center, but okay, what would be wrong with throwing them up with Monaghan and Gaudreau and giving that line a little bit of toughness and grit in the corners to set up? I mean, that does that not seem like a legitimate line in the National Hockey League? But we don't even give it, it a does. try. He played. Well, and like the few times that we have, it had looked good. Yes, but, but whatever, whether it's, you know, Peters, whether it's, um, you know, Ward, and it just it never was left alone. No, no, nothing's left alone anymore. The only thing that's left alone is our defense. And guess what? Our problem's not this year. Defense. Yeah. Funny how that works, right? But yeah, nobody exactly. is. I just don't understand how nobody sees that in the management group. I mean, I, I have a lot of fancy because I'm reading the tweets every night, and I'm like, holy cow! Like, are we like? Are we the only ones seeing this here? But I, it, it blows yeah. my mind. When you look at this season so far, nine games in, and you look, what are the bright spots that you've seen this year? First thing that comes to mind, it's not because he's my wallpaper on my computer at the moment, but Jacob Markstrom has been absolutely fantastic. I haven't really seen what I would consider a rough game for him nope. he's looked great i mean i we are super early into this well season let alone a contract at the moment he's worth the money <laughs> totally is <laughs> don't you feel so much better game day looking at the depth charts and being like yeah we got markstrom in that exactly it's okay i'm going to throw in the anaheim comparison because you know that's what i cover but it's like anaheim and knowing that you have 
Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Quick, we were just talking about LA. John Gibson behind you, right? You feel like you have a chance. You should have a chance to win yeah, every night because absolutely. of the guy guarding the net. It's It makes a huge dif- difference, and I believe it helps a team offensively, mentally, because 100%. they know they have that backstop. Now that they, now there's been a couple times this year I've been like, ooh, we're relying on him just a little too much right at the moment here. Like, But that guy makes key saves at key moments. Exactly. And what you're talking about, it makes it, it makes you kind of feel better offensively as well. You know, you have the good defense behind you as well, but you also have that goaltender behind you that, you know what, if you make a little bit of a riskier play for the sake of trying to get a goal, trying to, you know, get back into a game or get higher, like give yourself more security in a game, you know, you have that reliability behind you. So you can you can afford to take that risk every once in a while. Exactly. It, it's it's been huge. It's been huge. Other bright spots. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau, hundred percent. Eric Francis, eat your heart out. Um, oh, yeah, me too, because yeah, I'm yeah. the most critical. <laughs> and I and I will I will praise him. He's been doing great. Mm. He does need to show me in the playoffs before I start being a com- being a full believer. Yeah, and that's and that's fair. I I would agree with but that. But he's been too. but he's been very good. He's been very good. Yeah, yeah. with the exception of one like game. He's yeah, except for the one game. But yeah, he's looked like that guy that two years ago scored ninety nine points in the regular season. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's looking great. Was he at nine nine points in eight games right now or something like that? It's, or no, we've had nine games. I think he's at nine points in nine or ten points. Yeah, I, got, or, yeah, I got it right here. Let's take a look. 11, 11 points. Okay. In, uh, six goals in nine games or, or yeah 11 goals or 11 points sorry in nine games yeah oh that's pretty damn good i will take that any day exactly no he's been he has been really good it's uh it's been a you know what i, I like that i like that whole line has been a breath of fresh air um mm-hmm. i think that that's been good but i guess i don't know what that line is anymore um yeah it changes every I, I hope yeah, they stick I, with magiapani Monahan and, and Gaudreau, and I, I think that's been good because um, all those guys play off each other pretty well. Yeah, they do, and yeah, you're right. It looks great, and I would love to see it stay, but as we just talked about, it's probably going to get changed here in the next game or two. Um, but uh, yeah, just that pairing of Monty and Gaudreau, it's kind of what they were hoping for, I think, as well, that if they put them on that second line, it kind of took the pressure off them a little bit, and they have been thriving on it. Yeah, I hope we don't just get all uh, googly-eyed over his uh, regular season and sign him to some extension of some huge money without seeing what we're really going to get in the postseason, though, or I will be fuming mad on that one. Negatives this year, where are we at? What are you feeling like our biggest problems are this year? And I know I mean, we've touched, touched on a couple of them. Yeah, I was say, we, we touched on a couple. Um, you never would think to normally go to this, but the coaching it's just been so inconsistent and it's led to the team inconsistency when you can't develop chemistry with guys you can develop chemistry in practice that's great but that has to lead to uh you know in-game stuff and if you just leave it at the practice rink and you're changing it every time every you know every half period every period you're not going to have it so i just i feel like he tries to be too much of a nice guy too with the players. And it's like, Oh, he's a good yeah. players coach. Well, we need a good players coach, but we need a coach that makes the right decisions too. not, I just, I don't know. I, yeah. oof, it's been a 
real as, hot topic. I didn't even plan to talk about it on this episode. It was gonna- as, as much of a, as much of a, as much as I know of, you know, like Barry Trot seems to be a player's guy, a hundred percent, but you know that, that, that he will crack down when he has to, in order for his team to win. Yeah. Same with John Tortorella, as much as, you know, there's all this stuff that players uh, love him like, though. Yeah, exactly. The players love him. And I had a coach that was the same way too, uh, like playing in, uh, you know, like minor and junior, the parents hated him a hundred percent, but I think there was only one player that I ever played with that did not like playing. For and, I, and I'm sure he was a lazy player too. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. That, that's, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. who doesn't like those guys, the people yeah. who don't but, want to put in but, the work. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, he was the same type as well. Right. Like he was, he was there for the players, but if he needed to, he would, tell you what's up so yeah. and from that coach that i had as well it was another level too because he wasn't the military so he was he was 100 drill sergeant when, when he started yelling at you and you stood at attention you know we're early in this season but how are when you know is it i know it's probably too early to talk about the playoffs but with the success that montreal's had and the success that toronto's had and not sure what your opinion is on a Winnipeg, but I think Winnipeg looks pretty good, and they have more help on the way with Dubois coming. Um, those three spots are going to be tough to to work into, which I'm not saying the Flames can't. Um, but, man, it's going to be a logjam for, the, let's say, the final two spots between uh, a Winnipeg, Edmonton, Vancouver. And uh, when you're playing each other every single night, these games are just going to keep getting more and more ramped up. Do you think teams are going to see more? I don't know. I don't want to say injuries, but like, are we going to see, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Like, is it going to be mentally more challenging this year to make it through this season? I think to make it through the season, because the season's being played like a playoffs. Kind of. Right. Yeah. Like, you have the series against every team you're playing. There's rarely across the league, any one-off games you're seeing these teams, at least back to backs or, you know, like there's, there's, there's two games or a three game series for sure. Um, so mentally that way, yeah, it might be a little draining, but it could also benefit later on when you actually make the playoffs because you've been in that mindset the entire time. So it's not going to be anything new. Do you like this baseball style schedule? I do like it actually. I don't. I, do I don't too. mind it. I love and it. And it makes for. And it almost makes for more entertaining hockey too. Like take take the Toronto stuff and you know Leafs fans getting riled up about Kachuk. Welcome to Calgary. Yeah. Um, but like it went on the right the next game. We didn't have to wait forever for the next battle. And it was the same. I think we were talking about this before as well with uh, the last season and those three games in the span of what two weeks between Edmonton and Calgary. Right. Like it's great. Could you it's imagine a hockey to watch? Can you imagine if that would have been like a, a Wednesday, Friday, Saturday? Oh my God. Oh my God. It would have been <sighs> absolutely insane. I, but I just, I don't know if you, you feel the same way. I just feel like I'm freaking drained after some of these games because it's so every game is a rivalry. It's like, it's yeah. been fun. I, I like it. I, I, I would love for the league to stay like this, but I don't think it will, but I, I would love for it to stay because it's so far, so far so good. And uh, yeah, 
Yeah. I'm, I'm a guy who thrived off of the rivalry type game, so I am living for this season. It's been so much fun, and I've been able to luckily watch every single game so far. So Yeah, me too. It's been fun, and the fun continues tomorrow night in War. Well, as we release this tomorrow, um, tonight actually, in Winnipeg, and then uh, Saturday night, the first battle of Alberta is Edmonton. Alberta as Edmonton comes to town and then Winnipeg comes and join us again on Tuesday night. Thank you, Nate Thomas for joining me. It's always fun. Um, uh, talking flames hockey with you. You've uh, become a regular on the show and I sure love having you on. Thanks for having me on again. I love coming on and, uh, Matt. Okay. As I'm going to say this really quickly before I go oh, yeah, as yeah. much as I am excited to watch Calgary and Edmonton on Saturday night, the best part about it still, I think, be the return of this jersey right here blasty <laughs> i do have an original actually in the mail now so i am i'm am so excited to see this jersey back yeah uh, i look good <laughs> i know me and you have talked about this i'm not a huge blasty <laughs> fan but you know what i also promised everybody that if we win when we're wearing them i'll be a blasty fan perfect so <laughs> It, you know, I'm actually, no, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm a little bit ready to watch it and see what it looks like on oh, Saturday night. It's, so good. it's been, like, it's been quite a few years. Yeah. And being the goalie guy, I'm what, like I'm seeing like their masks come out for Riddick and Markstrom and Markstrom's pads. And I'm just like, I can't wait for this. <laughs> I know I, it, it is going to be fun. I love like seeing the, the white retro that we have as our everyday road jersey now. It looks so crisp and clean and so nice. And, uh, yeah, we're going to get to see Blasty on Saturday night. And uh, that game will definitely, definitely be an amazing game to watch. And uh, hopefully you'll be able to sit back and have a cold one and watch that one too. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. Well, we'll, we'll talk to you in the coming weeks. And uh, appreciate you joining the show. Thanks again for having me on, Brad. Inside Edge Hockey News, dropping the gloves and stirring the pot. Time for a little bit of Flames news. An impressive start for Johnny Gaudreau. A nine-game point streak to start the season. Very impressive. Six goals. He had 18 all last year. Wow. We'll take that, huh? This week, the Flames had some great milestones. His equipment manager, Corey, Corey Amisk, 1,500th game. Imagine that. 1,500 NHL games. Captain Mark Giordano, 900 games. Very impressive for an undrafted defenseman. And, uh, yeah, Matthew Kachuk is at 300 games already. Who saw that coming this quick? As uh, Boy, it just seems like he just started in this league. The American Hockey League season, yeah, turmoil. What will happen? The Canadian division looks like it will not begin before February 12th. That would be the very earliest it could based on the Ontario lockdowns and the continued delay on that. And uh, who knows? My uh, my gut feeling on the, on the American Hockey League does, does not bode well. And, uh, yeah. And that's terrible because the American Hockey League is so important to uh, the growth of hockey. And I, I feel so bad for all these players that are just not – and have a place to play. So I, I pray they do get it going on the 12th, and I, and I hope that uh, that season gets going and, and stays healthy and everybody does, does well. Markstrom, two shutouts in this young season. He won all last season with Vancouver. I think it was a good decision to show him the money. Let's take a look around the north and in the division. Let's talk standings. And currently as it sits on a Wednesday night, Four games have started. No games in the North tonight. Montreal stands atop 
with a win percentage of 0. .80. They have 16.71 and two. Their only loss to the Calgary Flames, only right or the only regulation loss. Toronto seven two and one in ten games. They are .75 win percentage, 15 points. Two back. The Winnipeg Jets, they've also played 10 games, 6-3-1 for the Jets, 0.65 win percentage. Edmonton in fourth place with a 0.50 win percentage, 6-6-0, 12 points in 12 games. Vancouver in 13 games has 12 points. They're 6-7-0 with a 0.462 win percentage. They're sitting in fifth. Calgary currently in sixth place now, nine games only, a few behind everybody else. 4-4-1, nine points. 500 record for the Calgary Flames. Are we happy? Probably not. Ottawa, boy, oof, if you're in Ottawa, you're definitely not happy. 10 games, 1 8 and 1, just three points on the season, a 0.15 win percentage. Tyler Toffoli has a league leading nine goals. Now, the crazy thing about this is that eight of them have come against his old team, the Vancouver Canucks, two just last night. This guy is on fire. And it has been really fun to watch a guy that Vancouver could have signed. Reports were that they just chose not to worry about they couldn't they could have maneuvered money and they could have made this work. They chose not to. Tyler Toffoli is making them pay and pay drastically for that decision. After one win which came on the first night of the season against Toronto, Ottawa has lost 9 in a row with a goal differential that grows and grows every night. It's up to minus 24. In this division, there's going to be no rest for the wicked. This division is difficult every night. And this is going to be a very, very long season for the Ottawa Senators. They're not getting goaltending. They're not getting scoring. This team is, is going to be in trouble a long year if you're an Ottawa Senators fan. Pierre-Luc Dubois, the newest member in the North Division, member of the Winnipeg Jets, still is in quarantine. And it seems like forever since this trade, and we still don't have him in the lineup. He is tentatively scheduled to make his appearance next Tuesday night when the Winnipeg Jets traveled to Calgary. So we're going to get to the first opportunity to see Pierre-Luc Dubois in a Winnipeg Jets jersey, which in a way (laughs) kind of scares me. Pierre-Luc Dubois is a great player, and uh, it's going to be interesting uh, to see how he bolsters an already big-time productive Winnipeg Jets team. I I love this Winnipeg Jets team. I think they are very, very good, and, uh, yeah, the Flames will have their handful again tomorrow night as we head to Game 3 of this three-game mini-series. Listener question, Facebook poll. We went with a Facebook poll this week. Thanks to my buddies at Flames Hub and Calgary Flames fans. You got to go on Facebook, join these groups. I talk hockey with Flames fans every single day on these groups, and uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. If you like the Flames, you listen to this podcast, you've got to get on there and join those groups. The question is, is this, 366 people responded. That's a lot, a lot, lot, since it was posted yesterday. What has been the most positive aspect of the Flames early season? There's five choices to choose between Markstrom, the power play production, Hannafin Tanev pairing, Gaudreau's offensive output, and Valimaki's rookie start. The leader by a mile, and probably been the most important, I would agree, um, Markstrom. 
257 people said Markstrom. That's 70% of the polled people think that that has been the most important positive thing to start this season. Number two, Johnny Gaudreau's offense. 84 people said that. 23% of the polled people think Gaudreau's offense is. And uh, 20 people, 5%, thought Hannafin and Tanif pairing. And I kind of fall into that one. That one surprised me a little bit. Number one, I didn't think that was going to be a pairing. And number two, the fact that they've went until last night before allowing a goal in five-on-five situation, that's pretty damn amazing. That was the longest streak in the National Hockey League for a pairing. They've been good this year. Very, very good. Tanev, just like he did with Hughes, has elevated Hannafin. And uh, you know what? I'm not taking giving Tanev all the credit there. Hannafin has been really good. Really, really good. And uh, that's, a, that's a big bright spot for this team. Uh, power play production got five votes, just one percent. Um, that's been critical for us. Uh, it's been slugging a little bit under par the last couple of games, but hopefully we can get that going again. Nobody said the Valamaki's rookie start. You know what, people? Please have patience. He is coming off major injuries. He has played just twenty-four NHL games, I believe it is. This guy is going to be a great defenseman in the National Hockey League. He is going to be a heart and soul guy for this team for years to come. I hope Um, please be patient. Um, This guy is going to impress by the end of the year. I think you've watched him in the last few games, grow and grow and grow Saturday. had a horrible night in Montreal, horrible, horrible night. Two days later, bounces back, blocks shots, does everything right. Um, Doesn't look nervous. Doesn't look rattled. We're going to love Valimaki by the end of the season. Give this rookie some patience. A lot of people forget that he is still really a rookie. Get all your Flames Unfiltered podcasts, team news, team updates, and highlights at flamesunfiltered.com. Time to preview what's ahead. Game previews. As we record this on a Wednesday night, it'll drop on Thursday. And yeah, the Calgary Flames play on Thursday. One day off as we head into game three of the series in Winnipeg. That is Thursday, February 4th, and uh, yeah, let's look at this matchup. Point leaders for both the teams. Johnny Gaudreau leads the Flames with 10. Shifley leads the Jets with 12. And Shifley, of course, quietly does it every single night. He's that guy that you don't think he's on the score chart, and all of a sudden you look at the end of the game, you go, Jesus, Shifley had a goal and two assists. Goals. Johnny Gaudreau leads the team with six. Kyle Connor, probably the most underrated player in the National Hockey League, leads the Jets with six. Assists Lindholm with eight. Shifley with eight. Jacob Markstrom has four wins. Connor Hellebuck has four wins. This team, these two teams have played three times this year. The Jets winning the first one, or excuse me. Yeah, the Jets winning the first one, four to three in overtime. Calgary winning the second one, four to three in overtime. The Jets winning last night, three to two. Goals per game, Jets 3.56. How good is that? This offensive core of the Jets is just amazing. Calgary sits at 2.88. Calgary is allowed 2.50 goals a game, goals against each game. And, uh, yeah, the Jets surprising, 3.11. As Hellebuck hasn't quite found a form we saw from the Vesna goalie last year. Power plays, Calgary has dipped a little bit lately at 27.78. Winnipeg, 22.86. Penalty kills Calgary 76.67, and uh, Winnipeg at 75% even. That game takes place Thursday night. Then the Flames come home after a long road trip through Montreal and Winnipeg. 
and it's the first Battle of Alberta next Saturday night, Hockey Night in Canada, the late game, Edmonton Oilers at the Saddle Dome to take on the Calgary Flames. We follow that up next Tuesday when the Winnipeg Jets come to town for the debut of Pierre-Luc Dubois. That'll be on Tuesday, February 9th. Speaking of Saturday night, Saturday night's another special night for Flames Unfiltered, as it is another hot mic game of the week. So what exactly is a hot mic game of the week? Well, it's a lot of fun is what it is. It's a watch party where you join me, I'll be the host of the show, and we talk Flames hockey while the game goes on. We talk about goals, we talk about who's playing good, who's playing bad. We talk a little bit about both times we've done it this year. This will be the third one. We've got onto history of the Flames and who our favorite players of all time have been, some of our greatest moments. It's been a lot of fun. We plan on having a whole lot of fun on Friday night as the first night of the Blasty jerseys. It's going to be a lot of fun. We have contests during the game, too. Every week, we have a listener of the game, and we send them a 2021 Upper Deck Calgary Flames team hockey card set. We will get one of those in the mail to you. If you win that random pick, we also have the... Calgary Flames win a Blasty jersey. This contest is fun. It's called the Hattrick Jersey Contest. It's easy to win. The first thing you need to do is you need to connect with Flames Unfiltered on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join the Hot Mic Party. Be active participant in the Hot Mic Party. And then pick the first goal scored by the Calgary Flames that night. That gets you entered in a drawing for a jersey at the end of the year at the end of the regular season we will be drawing and some will take home a brand new blasty jersey how cool is that join us on saturday night for the hockey night in canada matchup so how do you do it well first thing you need is grab your iphone or your ipad or your android download the hot mic app it's free it's easy to set up Search Flames. You'll see Flames Unfiltered. Join the Flames Unfiltered group. Check the viewing schedule. You'll see Saturday night's game against the Edmonton Oilers. Click on there to view it. You'll also see links on Facebook, Twitter, all over the place. And then you're in. You're in the watch party. It's easy. Join the contest. Have some fun. Win some prizes. And you know what? It's cool because you can meet some other new Flames fans. It's a lot of fun. And we'll see you guys on Saturday night. Next episode. Yeah. We're back next week. Thanks for all the listening again. Make sure you check us out on YouTube. You can find us at Inside Edge Hockey News on there. Subscribe, and you can watch the video version of this. If you prefer the audio version, go on to your favorite podcatcher. You'll find us on there, all of them. We're on them. Subscribe, like, rate, review us. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're on all of them. Well, we waited and waited for us to be busy and jam-packed with games and now we finally are and it's been stressful these games are stressing me out every game i treat it like it's a playoff game i don't know what's going next week's going to be a big show next week we are going to talk about some of the coaching decisions that coach ward has made this year do we like him do we agree with him i don't know i've got a pretty strong opinion on this one We'll also have Brogan Houston from NHL Trade Talk join the show. And my good buddy Blake Fryers from the Debate Hockey Podcast will stop by to preview that Vancouver series. It'll be coming up late in the week next week. It's a jam-packed edition. Hey, Flames fans, let's get off to a better start on Thursday night against the Jets. We need goals first, not let the Jets spot us too. It's too hard to come back. It's time to get some wins, Flames. 
get connected, Flames Unfiltered can be found on Twitter, at Flame Unfiltered. And also make sure you check out our Facebook page, at Flames Unfiltered. Check out host Brad Brood on Twitter, at Brad Brood. And if you like what you hear, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can find Flames Unfiltered on all the major podcast players. And consider subscribing to the Inside Edge Hockey News on Patreon. That'll get you exclusive content and much more. Thanks again and enjoy the hockey action. Playoffs! Yeah, baby! Playoffs! Yeah, baby! Thanks for tuning in to Flames Unfiltered. Check back for more action-packed Calgary Flames talk. This has been a production of Inside Edge Hockey News Radio, copyrighted and distributed by the Inside Edge Hockey Media Group. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.